This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at messy.fm. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Sports Brothers Atlanta. We're here once again um, after a wonderful Sunday of watching the Falcons get absolutely obliterated, 37-10. to uh, Matt Ryan left the game in a boot, uh, which is not what you want to see. Uh, but you know what? We're not even going to really uh, – we're not going to spend our time talking about it because I know that you guys get bored listening to us to say the exact same things over and over and over again. And quite frankly, we don't like saying the same things over and over and over again. So we're actually going to start off with – High school football, we had a couple really good matchups this week. Um, one really big one stood out to us in 7A was Marietta McEachern, obviously. Uh, the final score of that was 14-12, to 12, uh, McEachern coming out on top. So, Rose was there at the game, actually, so I'm going to let him talk about what he saw and uh, how all that went down. It was a pretty good uh, big game, just like last week's game. We had Marietta, had McEachern, I mean, against Hillgrove. This one was another big matchup with Marietta. Um... I had mixed reviews on it uh, when I got before I got to the game. I was like, okay, I think Marietta might be able to put up against a win. But now I said, no. Nah. Then the other side of my brain said, nah. But Keechan's on a roll this year. So um, they got a new head coach. And like I told you, and we said this plenty of times before, it's a three-team race in, in, that, in that conference. So um, I expected McKeechan to go in there and handle business because they're the more well-rounded team. They got the balanced attack on offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, whereas Marietta, they got the individual talents, and their individual talents showed up that game. Uh, Art Gil Eric Gilbert had a good game, you know, so uh, Bailey had a decent game, and Vidal had a decent game running the ball. But and, and I, one thing that did shock me through this game, uh, the score was, the beginning of the game, it was, you know, Marietta came out and attacked first, Matt, and they scored a touchdown. So I was like, uh-oh, it's going to be a rough game for McKeechan, man. I said, dude, they scored. But then all of a sudden, a blunder missed the field goal. I said, oh, okay. Maybe it's not going to be a great game. Hard <laughs> game for McKeechan. But then McKeechan, you know, every time they try to score or get close to scoring, they either um, bump the ball or either – Something happened where they just didn't get the extra yards. They got penalized a lot, McKeechan did, in that game. I expected them to get penalized a lot anyway because they're not at home there in Marietta. So home field advantage really did, does matter um, during this game. But this was a defensive knockout. Both of them was slug, slugfish through the whole game. So the game was 6 to nothing all the way back to the beginning of the fourth quarter. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I say about – First few minutes of that fourth quarter, McKeechan busted through, you know, and scored. And then the uh, rain started coming down and scored again. So now you know it's 14 to 6, Matt. Uh, but then I was like, oh, well, looks like Mary's going to lose this game. I figured they need to score a bunch of points, you know, against McKeechan because they're pretty balanced. But then towards the end of the game, fans started leaving hmm. for Marietta. And I was like, oh, okay, Matt, what's going on here? It's 6 to 14. Uh, you got a couple minutes to go in the game. They can still win the game. It was one minute and 58 seconds left to go in the game, and, and, you know, they were still in it because Marietta, you know, they bounced downfield. Next thing you know, under a minute, bam, touchdown. So now you're looking at a score 12 to 14. 
So they called the timeout. You you know, okay, obviously, you know, think Matt, they got to go for two-point conversion. Right. And they ain't have time left. You got like a minute and a half or less than a minute ago, something like that. Uh, you know they're going to go for a two-point conversion. And true enough, they did go for a two-point conversion. Uh, and end zone, Bailey, I thought Bailey was, Bailey was going to roll out and go right into the end zone. Himself. He had a clear path to running in the cell. He threw it and complete pass. You know, basically the game was over, I thought. So really everybody started leaving in. You start, <laughs> Mary started start clearing out big time. But all of a sudden, uh, kicked out, Mary had kicked off to um, to McEachin. And then all of a sudden, I don't know how it is, Mary got the ball back. And I was like, huh? Oh, 18 seconds ago, they got the ball back. But no, it was a bad, it was a bad call from the refs. So it was, it was called Mary at the game, but that got me to got my attention. I said, "Oh, we're gonna watch a replay of last last week, McKeechan against Hill. We're gonna see yeah. this again, where the refs call a bad play or something, you know." So I'm like, "This is gonna be on TV, on TV, and on videos, and YouTube too again." But no, because if if Marriott they would call Marriott got the ball, they had the time to go down. They had enough field. They had a good field position where they could kick the field goal and won the game. Right. And that would have been nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but it didn't happen that way. The refs going and kept it as McKeachin's ball, so they just ran the clock out. Spike then the game was over. So it, it was a really good game, just like that. But you got to know how intense these games are, Matt. These regional games are in this region three. It's so intense. I had to, I was at the game at five fifty five, Matt, and it was already nowhere to park. The game yeah. starts at seven thirty, Matt. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a parking spot. Somewhere up and down by the stadium at uh, anyone even six o'clock yet. Mm. So that that's how that's how how deep those games are. Yeah. Same thing with the Hillgrove the Hillgrove McKeechee game was the same way. You had to park way down the street. Yeah. To a lot of those games, I'm like, man. So um, those games are very intense. And so far, you know, we talked about even at the beginning of the season. I said it was going to come down to these three teams. And me and you even talked about. Remember, we said uh, last week when uh, Hillgrove played. Uh, McKeechan, we said it was going. Whoever won that game was going to win, win that region, didn't we? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's whoever won that game was going to win the. Region, I right? mean, it's pretty much locked in now that McKeechan is going to be is going to win the region, um, yeah. barring any crazy upsets or things like that. Um, yeah. North Cobb has played decent. North Paulding has played decent, yes. but I mean, none of those. I, I don't think any of those guys stand a chance against against those three teams. Um, so pretty much the next big game that we're looking forward to is November first. Yeah, is the Hillgrove Marietta game, which is pretty yeah. much a fight to have home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Correct. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it sucks that it's not for the region. You know, pretty much the region championship. But I mean, you don't want to go on the road in the playoffs. You know, mm -hmm. we you just talked about how important home field advantage is, and you never know how far you got to go. You know, I remember back in high school, this is 2013, 2014. If we didn't get home field advantage, the first region that we played in the playoffs was all the way down by Jacksonville, right? It was Camden, oh, wow. Camden County, Lowndes, and stuff like that. That's a six-hour bus ride. Wow. You know, it was, it was a two-day event, and you didn't want to turn around after losing a playoff game and drive six hours back home on a coach bus. Okay. You know, especially up I-95 and then across on I-16, there's absolutely nothing. No. And it's it's a terrible ride. That is I, a, boring, I, that's I, a boring ride. I really wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemies. Me either. So. Obviously, they kind of have a you know switch up now. I think it's more of like the uh, like the Douglas schools, um, things of that nature in the first round. Because I mean, that was a pain in the ass, man, having to drive six hours to play a game. I know it was. You know, with 
the thought process of mm, we're probably not going to get through with this game. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's going to be ugly, especially when you hold your own destiny, destiny holding your team's hands where you could stay at home. Right. So I mean, this is a this is a huge game for for Marietta and Hillgrove. I think it could be bigger than the McEachern game just for the fact hmm. of you you want to play at home in high school. You want to play in the playoffs. You don't want to get you know kids get checked out of school early, even possibly a whole day early. Because you got to go down there and stuff like that, and I just I think it's a lot more comfortable. Wake up in your own bed, wake up on your own time, and, and go play the game. So that's just that's my thought process. Well, to think about it, that is the last game of the season, I believe. Um, so you got um, if they game if they both of them win, bar and they win next week's game, bar uh, Marietta wins and Hillgrove wins. That means they're coming to that game. Marietta come in uh, with two losses still, and the Hillgrove come in with one loss. So right, but but the biggest thing is they both have one loss in the region. Yes, you know, and that's what matters when it comes to the standings as far as the region. Right, so. and somebody's going to end up with that that number two loss. Yeah, at the end of the season. Yeah, so I mean, this is this is the year where we might possibly see the strongest number three seed out of anybody in the playoffs. Right, I mean, I you know, no, nobody in the state wants to play either all three of these teams. Or neither of these three teams, no, right? I mean, these know. are really good teams, yeah. and you especially don't want that road team to come in and whoop you in the first round. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I mean, this is a strong, strong region as it is. But I'm just saying is it, it sucks being the road team. You want to stay at home. You want to have the fans behind you. And uh, so this is, a, this is a big game coming up on November 1st. And see, the thing about Coca County is well, I think they put out Hill Grove and McEachin last year in, in the playoffs. So, right. um, man, uh, these, these guys is really good. But Coca County is, you know, not as strong as they were last year. Uh, so, you know, Grayson, they got blown out by Coca County. Yeah. Right after they just, uh, right after they beat up on Marietta, uh, and then that game, I think it was a month ago, that game was doing a storm and stuff. So that was like a two and a half hour game, you yeah. know, till yeah. eight. So um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a real challenge, man. But these three teams in this region three, you better watch out. You better watch out. Somebody's going to come out and win. But I like what McEachin's doing. They got the, this new head coach in his first year. He's doing really good. He has those guys poised. They're playing with confidence. Uh, even when they're struggling, they still fight through it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 often weird and ironic for a, a coach to come in to a new team, really on any level. You look at high school, college, or football. Usually when a new coach comes in, it's two reasons. Guy retired. Guy got fired. And most likely, your first year as a head coach, you're walking into a into a terrible situation. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like yes. you're you're walking into a team with no talent or yeah. you know not coachable kids. And uh, I mean, this McEachern coach walked into a really good situation. Oh, now, I mean, he still had to perform and, and get those guys on his side, but he's obviously doing the right thing. Yeah, he's doing a really good job right now. I think so. He is. So props to that guy. I mean. That's you know you don't you don't luck into those situations a lot as a head coach. So to be able to kind of walk into that situation is uh, it's pretty fortunate of him. I think so, definitely. Ooh. So. All right. Well, I mean that was so we had Hillgrove blow out Kennesaw Mountain. Obviously, not a surprise there. No, um, so Hillgrove improves to six and one on the year. Yeah, um, so do. you know yeah, we yeah. all expected that, but Kennesaw uh, falls to zero and seven. Yeah. So uh, another good game that was actually weird. So I was working over at. Um, the East Cobb Baseball Complex Friday night. Okay. And if for those that don't know, it butts up to Kell High School, right right next to it. Oh, really? So I was able to hear the PA announcer pretty much the whole game, giving the play-by-play. -play. It, it was pretty cool. 
um, to listen to, especially because the baseball I was watching was terrible. But um, Kel actually had uh, Carrollton come into their stadium. Carrollton's a really good football team. For those guys who don't follow Carrollton or follow Kel for that matter, Carrollton is a very, very, very talented football team. They got a lot of high-level recruits. Um, and Carrollton came in there and just ran the table on Kel. From the sounds of it, I said that because I didn't watch the game. I was listening to the game. Yeah. Um, Kel couldn't get any production on offense. And Carrollton just had big play after big play. Had a couple turnovers that they got against Kel. And uh, pretty much ran away with it. So I don't know the final score of the game. I know Carrollton won by a good bit, though. Um, so that's that's cool stuff to watch. That's in the uh, 5A classification. Yes. But still two really good football teams. Uh, WSB-TV was there. So it was, re- it was really a high thought of game, at least. So that was that was interesting to listen to. I, I watch a lot of the other uh, classifications, six A and the five A games, and even some of the one A's. I've even watched it. It has some really good games, but we don't really talk about them too much on this show because uh, everybody tunes in mostly to the seven A class. But I still keep my eye on the six A and the five A and some of the other classifications because they have some really good matchups also as well. And a lot of recruits uh, and scouts still come to those schools as well. Yeah, you know, and, and watch those guys. So yeah, I mean, there's a, I mean, there's still a lot of talent in these other yeah, classifications. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not the kids' fault either because it's usually where their parents decide to, you know, drop down in a house and and raise their family. So you know, I mean, it, you kind of don't really get to pick what school you want to go to. I mean, that's really your parents' situation. You know, yeah, but you know, the seven eight class a lot of time we, we talked about beginning of, uh, our show. Uh, we talked about the seven eight classification goes according to uh, how many is in the school. Right, um, right. It all goes to, to school population, yes, right? Exactly. So that's what that boils down to. But a lot of the parents move to the school district so their kids can go to those yeah. higher classes. And that's what we like to well. call recruiting. And yeah. since you guys can't see me, I, that's air quotes around the recruiting. Yeah. Um, basically, parents are like, oh, this is a really good football team. Yes. My kid would fit in well there. Yes. Oh, darn, looks like I need to get a new job in that area. You know what right. I'm saying? So that's, that's kind of the stuff that goes on as far as that because you can't technically recruit no. unless you're a private school. Right. And all these 7A schools all the way down to pretty much until you get to 1A private, uh, there's things like Buford and stuff like that that can recruit. But all these are public schools, yep. you know, so all, all the recruiting, recruiting, as I say that again with air quotes, is done by the parents. Yep. You know, so. Sure is. Yeah. And that's not against the. No, not at all. I mean, you, there's no way to prove that, uh-huh. you know, you're, I mean, that's, that's a stupid thing to go against. Nope. Um, but yeah, so we're really looking forward to that November 1st matchup, uh, last game of the year. I will. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna definitely be there. I know Rose gonna be there because yeah. uh, that game's got some huge implications riding on it. So, it really uh, does. so we'll uh, we'll talk. Obviously, talk about what happens uh, coming up this week on next week's show. But we're definitely looking forward to having having a lot to talk about after that November first game. Well, who do you think gonna win? Uh, who you got in that game? You know what? That's that's, that's a long way away. So uh-huh. my answer will be I don't know. Um, I I think I'm gonna wait to to make that pick because uh, I ask you next week. Then. Yeah, yeah. Ask ask me next week. That's kind of far away. Okay. You know, we never know what to expect. I do that. Ooh. So another weekend in college football is in the books. Uh, a couple th- couple big things to talk about. Let's let's start with the first one. Um, it was a late night game for for Alabama. Uh, they started off at I think it was nine o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. Um, which is at eight o'clock over there, so it's not too bad. But uh, big news from that game. Uh, two attack Viola. Actually goes down with a high ankle sprain. Uh, I think he only plays a quarter and a half or something like that, and he yeah, goes out right. for the rest of the game. And uh, yeah, he plays second half. He's got he's pretty much got three weeks to get right. Okay, for those don't really know about a high ankle sprain, any type of sprain or pull or something like that is still 
it's a partial, it's a small tear in the ligaments. Yes. Okay, so it's not like you just ice and you're, you're ready to go and stuff like that. I mean, Saquon Barkley had it, and then for the first thought, they thought he was going to be out for two months. You know, that's six to eight weeks. Um, that's that's a that's a pretty serious injury going out six to eight weeks, especially in a in a season where there's only, you know, that's pretty much half the season in the NFL, and that's more than half the season, you know, in, in, in college. So yeah. uh, they say he should be good to go by LSU. Um, I think he will. He's definitely going to play in that game. They're going to get it right. He already had a uh, small procedure this morning yeah, um, yeah. to kind of go ahead and jumpstart that whole process. Um, yes. So, I mean, with the advancement in technology and medical stuff, uh, it's definitely shortened from what it used to be. Uh, but that's still, I mean, that's still a big thing because who knows if he's going to be 100% and, and ready to go against LSU. Because I tell you what, I know that you guys know that I'm an LSU fan, but there's a lot of people out there that say is if if he doesn't play in that game, it's it's going to be ugly. Um, I don't I don't think they would they would have the ability to put up enough points to stand with LSU, and I also think they'd have a really big problem with Auburn at the end of the year. You know, if, so if they didn't have Tua, so obviously Tua would be ready by the Auburn game. But just hypothetically speaking, uh, Tua is really the backbone of that offense, and he's the backbone of that team. So uh, they they definitely need him to get healthy. They they're playing Arkansas this coming week, so they don't even need him. They don't even need a quarterback to beat Arkansaw. No, they um, don't. If you they saw really Auburn beat them by forty one points, I think is what it was. So and you see where uh, Najee Harris runs the ball to as well. Yeah, yeah, he's going to get a lot of carries. We know that definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's something you, you got to be careful though with Najee because you know it's obviously going to be a an enhanced workload for him this week, but yeah. you can't have him go down. You know, you, so you got to be very cautious. You obviously have to use them more, but you got to be very cautious with how you use them. Yeah. So I expect them to to filter through their stable running backs uh, a lot better this week. Yeah. Um, kind of get those other guys some touches because you cannot have that guy go down. So I mean, that's that's asking for trouble. A uh, question was asked to me, uh, Matt. Uh, you think Nick Saban wishes he had Jalen Hurts now? Yeah, I mean, I was going to get into that too. I, you know, you can't really. You can always look back on situations that happen and go, well, what if? Yep. You know, but the, the thing is, that's not, you can't do that in life. Okay, you can't do it in sports. You sure as hell can't do it in life. Um, and you just got to roll with things, things way went, or things that, you know, it, Jalen Hurts left because he was not going to get the starting role over Tua. Right. And so you respect the decision because he wants to play and he's doing a hell of a job at Oklahoma right now. He's a Heisman contender and, you know, hats off to the guy. He got into a new, a new role, like you were saying before we did this segment. Um, a role where he really flourishes under Lincoln Riley, yes. you know, gives him a little bit more freedom to do what whatever he wants. Um, those RPOs has, has really helped out for him. And uh, so you, you got to look past that as Alabama. You know, I know Alabama fans out there are going to be like, oh, man, really wish we had Jalen Hurts right yes. now. But you know what you don't and you got to live with it. OK, because every sports team can say the same thing, yep. you know, and so not much you can do there. Um, but I don't. I mean, I don't really see it to be that big of an issue. I think he'll be back for that game. It's just the only question is, is he going to be 100%? Because yeah, I mean, he really does need to be at least 90% against LSU. Yeah, because after Arkansas, to get a week off, it just felt right. They right, just get a week right. Off well, LSU Arizona. and Alabama always have a bye week before they play each other, and yes. thank goodness they do because that's a physical matchup. Um, and it's going to be another physical matchup this year. But, I mean, that's going to be a one-versus-two matchup uh, either way. And if you guys haven't seen the new AP poll, uh, LSU is only 24 points by an Alabama and eight people. Yeah, we've been talking about points all year long. I know a lot of people, a lot of fans don't 
like AP point AP points and or they don't they don't understand it either or so but they're very important though especially when it comes to margin of victory uh in games stuff like that Alabama played a close game technically with Tennessee yesterday so that's why their point numbers have dropped um it was too close because really they should have blown Tennessee out Tennessee's not that good team. They're not ranked either as well. Right. So, but you have to think about why they didn't blow out Tennessee because they didn't have their main guy. So they had to really scratch their whole entire system and put in their old system of running, running, and defense. That's the way Alabama used to play right. before they got to it. So they had to go back to that, them old ways. So they're going to use that against Arkansas as well a little bit. And then maybe this might become out a good thing. You know what I'm saying? So maybe they can, you know, it might turn out to be a good thing. And then we'll know after the LSU game if it came out, to, you know, be good or bad versus that. But it kind of hurt. So really technically this week, you're going to have to really look at these games because Alabama, they play a close game against Arkansas. Even if they win, LSU could end up being number one next week. Right. But uh, for those that don't know, the college football playoff poll actually comes out. Uh, November 3rd during LSU and Alabama bye right. week. Yes, it does. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's what everybody is going to be using as far as, as far as the polling. Um, yeah. But just, I mean, this is all we really have to go off right now. So we're just going to stick with AP poll until something comes up. LSU has another top 10 matchup this week against Auburn um, at home. This will be an interesting one. You know, the, the freshman quarterback, Bo Nix is, has seen the ups and downs, had a really good game against Arkansas, but then again, take it for what it's worth, it's Arkansas. Okay, yep. there, every quarterback that's played Arkansas this year has had a good game. Yeah. You know, so um, it'll be interesting to see how that turns up. Um, and did you uh, mention, yeah, Oklahoma uh, has moved, Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State, I mean, has moved into yeah. the third spot. Yeah, now. so Ohio State has, has jumped. Clemson dropped. And Clemson dropped again. To number four. I mean, Clemson had a pretty, I mean, that was a, very good victory for him. I mean, they won like 38 to 10. Yes. It was 28 points, but uh, Trevor Lawrence, two ugly, ugly interceptions thrown in the end zone. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think people keep watching him, man, especially these media folks that are, that are, you know, voting in these polls and they, they don't like what they're seeing, you no, know, they because don't. they don't play any better competition. They play, uh -uh. you know, they play worse and worse competition each week and they still, and, struggle. And they still struggle and they, they, they just don't, they don't look right. They don't, and if they if they don't be careful, the Oklahoma can slide into that fourth spot. Yeah. For this year, for so I mean, look, so. here's I mean, the college football playoff has never had four undefeated teams. Yeah. And they're not going to have four undefeated teams this year. No. Okay. Um, I think either Ohio State or Penn State goes undefeated. Yeah. I think Oklahoma goes undefeated. Uh huh. But other than that, you're going to have some teams in there with a loss. Yeah, you will. Okay, and so even if Clemson goes undefeated, which they're going to. I mean, they're not going to play anybody. You know, even in the ACC championship game last year, they played six and six pit. And they know this. Clemson know this. So they know they don't have to play their best football. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I mean, we're in a situation where we, you know, there's not going to be four undefeated teams, but there's going to be three. That's right. So, I mean, how, how is it going to come down to the college football playoff when? Well, a lot of people are going to be upset if Alabama uh, loses to LSU and they still get into the playoffs, even with one loss. But how can you really get mad if Penn State stays undefeated and Oklahoma stays defeated because because Alabama, if they lose to LSU, they're losing to a number two ranked team who's really rolling and doing well. Too. Right. So they might not drop that far. They might drop to like number three or four. Yeah. So, I mean, but here's something where we haven't 
we haven't really had to have this conversation before is if you look in the Big Ten this year, Ohio State and Penn State play each other. As of right now, Ohio State's ranked three, Penn State's ranked six. Okay, so even if, you know, obviously one of those two teams has to lose, yeah. but that's a really good loss. It is. And in the past, we haven't had to talk about a Big Ten team having a really good loss, yeah. right? It's always an ugly loss. Like yeah. last year, Ohio State got smoked by Purdue. Yeah, That's an right, ugly right. loss, and that kept him out of the college football playoff. You're right, because one of them is at number three, and the other one's at number six. Right, so that's a good yeah. loss. Yeah. You know, so then now you got to start comparing. So you look at Alabama-LSU game, Ohio State-Penn State game. I think the team that sneaks into the playoff um, in that fourth spot is going to be the team that handled that game better, right? Because okay. if Ohio State or Penn State gets blown out, either one of them get blown out, their, their season's done, right? They're going to a you yeah. know, New York Six game. It is. But if any of these games are close, that's the team that's going to get in. So, Matt, you're saying that if Ohio State can beat Penn State, but it's a close game, they may win by a field goal or something like that, they still can get into the playoffs. They can. I, Even with that one I mean, loss. Here's, here's, here's what it's coming down to. These are huge games, right? Yeah. Huge games for these, for these four teams. But you can kind of go into that game with a little freedom because I truly think – even the loser of that game, long as it's not a blowout, yeah, has a has a very good chance of making it to the playoff. Yeah. Okay. So the way I see it right now, the winner of the SEC will get into will get into the playoffs, right? Unless we have a situation where, for some odd reason, Georgia wins with two losses. Huh? I don't think a two loss team is going to get in this year. No, I really it don't. They won't this year. No. Um, and the way Georgia's playing right now, guys, I mean, you, you beat Kentucky, so good job. But Jake Fromm had 35 passing yards. And you can blame it on the rain. Dude, I've seen the monsoons, I've seen and that. I've seen yeah. guys throw for 300 yards. Yeah. Okay, so don't blame it on the rain. Blame it on your offensive coordinator who I don't even know. I, I He would be a terrible Madden player, too, if you think about him. I mean, that yeah. dude has no idea what he's doing up there. He does. And it's time for him to go. Um, yeah. So that's just on a completely another topic. But uh, – you know, we talked about it last week when they lost to South Carolina. It's like, man, you got to play better. They didn't play better this week against Kentucky. Right. Okay. The only saving grace that Georgia has right now is DeAndre Swift because that dude's an absolute monster. Yeah. Okay. He's a pro player. But I mean, you're going to run into a team that's going to shut that down. Yeah. And if you guys continue to play like this, um, or if Georgia continues to play like this, uh, you're going to get beat by Florida, in my opinion. Yeah. You're going to get beat by Florida. Um, so you got to find a way to turn it around. You sure do. Um. But I think so. Either Georgia or Florida is going to get an SC championship game. I really don't know how that game is going to go around. You know as how that's going to turn out. But you're obviously going to play either LSU or Alabama. And I really don't see that being a game. I think whoever wins the SC West is going to wind up with a championship, and they're going to go to the college football playoff. And I think the loser of that LSU Alabama game, long as it's close, is going to sneak into that fourth spot. So, so how I see it ending up, I think at as of right now. Alabama and LSU both end up in the college football playoff. Yep. And I, I think Oklahoma ends up in there. Yeah, I do. I agree. And with I that think too. Clemson ends up in there. Yep. So those those four teams, right? Because I mean, the only thing is, if Ohio State goes undefeated, one yeah. of those SEC teams has got to bounce, right? They do, but that boy, that's a big money. That's that's a big money team. That's man. I mean, that's that's something you really got to put up for debate because now we get into the point of who so, in God's green earth is Clemson played. You know, do you take a one loss a one loss SEC team like LSU or Alabama, 
over a 12 and 0 Clemson team who hasn't they played no they haven't played anybody. No. And this is why we've been talking about it week in and week out, man. You've got to put more teams in the playoff or you're going to have this controversy that blows it open every year. Yeah, because you're going to have teams you get well well we were just going to put them in the playoffs because they played all these weak teams and went undefeated and they have to be national champs last year. That don't mean nothing. You're just going to put them in. That means that becomes political. Yeah. It does become political. And it's going to because you know damn well anybody listening right now, Clemson goes twelve and zero, they're getting in the playoff. They could play, they could play the University of Charlotte twelve times, and if they go undefeated, they're going in the playoff. It shouldn't be fair. It's not fair because <laughs> LSU is about to play their third top ten team of the year. Yeah, Clemson hasn't played. A, I don't think they played a ranked team this year. They have, well, let me think. I don't. I don't think they have. They had played a low ranked team, I think, earlier this year. But that was early on in the season. Let's look at look at their schedule if they play any ranked teams. Uh, no, no. Right. no, you're right. They yeah, play. my point. They're going to play a ranked team November the 16th. That's Wake. Wake Forest. That's Wake number Forest. And number 25. You realize though. what you just said, right? <laughs> Wake Forest. Yeah, they're number 25. And if, you, if Clemson hangs their hat on a victory against Wake Forest, the world is going to stop spinning because that's ridiculous. LSU is going to wind up playing four, possibly five ranked teams, three or four of them in the top ten. Yeah, and you're gonna tell me that Clemson gets in over LSU or Alabama? Yes. No, that's 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 bogus. That's that's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. So somebody's got to figure this out because that's a problem, man. It is a problem. It's like what we had last year with Notre Dame making the playoff over Georgia. Oh, that was terrible. You know, obviously Georgia got yeah. showed up, you know, because oh, yeah. they were running their mouth a little bit too much. But yeah, you yeah. knew they were the better team than Notre Dame. Oh yeah, most so, definitely. So I mean. We're, we're having this problem year in and year out, that's and when nothing I is being thinking, done. That's why I started thinking. It's good to have, the, you know, just they work hard. The NCAA work hard to put in the playoff system. But, you know, I said that when they brought to us a four-game, four-team system, I was like, okay, we can start out with that. But after a while, they're going to have to expand that from four games. To yeah, eight, so, I mean, 18, I mean, 16, something like that. Tell me, how this, tell me how this works out. NCAA basketball has 64 teams in a tournament yeah. and you're going to tell me college football only needs four <laughs> come on now and you're right i mean we just saw some wild upsets i mean wisconsin just got beat by illinois this week you know so i mean anything can happen man you play these games and i think that's what's exciting about ncaa basketball yeah i mean that's why march madness is the one of the biggest sports events you know of the year is because you never know what's going to happen you, you brought up Wisconsin. They're really not that tough anyway. No, man. Even though Illinois is under, uh, they're not saw, in the top 25, but, you know, come on, man. I said Wisconsin's it, okay. I said it on last week's show, man. As soon as they run into somebody yeah. that's got a little bit of an offense. Yeah, yeah I remember you saying uh, Done. Yeah, not so I'm not really surprised. Um, that's just like Florida. You're saying Florida. Uh, I still think Florida's not that good a team anyway, even though you still look at their ranking. They still rank pretty high because of those, these sports writers keeping them up there. But I don't think this. I still don't think they're going to be LSU, and I still don't think they're going to beat uh, Georgia either. Right, right. So I mean, it's getting to a point. I mean, I think Oklahoma has one more decent game against undefeated Baylor. Yep, they do. Um, then they always got to play Iowa State. Iowa yeah. State always seems to upset somebody. I don't know why they do it, but they just find a way to get it done. So it go Cyclones. Um, I guess yeah. we'll we'll figure all that out. But yeah, I mean, uh, Clemson's going to wind up going twelve and zero, and they're going to find their way in the playoff again. Yeah, but it's just it's it's unfair. I'll leave it at that. It's just completely unfair that they get to do that. 
And they're the only team not playing nobody really ranked. Yeah, and Notre Dame's play played more ranked teams than Clemson has, and we've yeah, been ragging Notre Dame all year. Yeah, I'll just you keep know? playing ranked teams except Clemson. And I don't know if a lot of fans are well. They should not. They it, it shouldn't matter. They won the national. They national champs, so they don't have to play no ranked teams. Nah, that's stupid. Uh, that's I don't know dumb. who they saying that. That's stupid. That's dumb. I mean, you know, a lot of people for years been coming in saying, you know, uh, Alabama don't play any ranked teams. They do play ranked teams. Yeah, they're they they play the same amount as every other SEC West team does right they now. Do. You know what I'm right. saying? Exactly. So I mean, I don't I don't agree with that statement at all. Um, I mean, you look in the SEC West right now. I mean, Alabama, Auburn, LSU. You look over in the East, Georgia, Florida, yeah. and South Carolina is another really good team this year. You know, they got a three and four record. Uh, yeah. They're the best four loss team in the country right now. I mean, they've been playing everybody hard. Yeah. Um, so hats off to them. They've had a really tough schedule as well. Texas A&M's kind of falling off the cliff, um, but still, I mean, a very decent team. So, I mean, it's just not fair that Clemson gets to go out and play their only ranked game of the year against Wake Forest, and then that's going to actually matter. You know, it's stupid. Well, the thing about it, I'm mad. I'm looking at the AP poll. You know, when the next one come out beginning in November, uh, the poll, it's not going to change that much. Even if one of these four teams lose a game, a close game, and against a ranked team, they're not really going to fall that far because I look at the points of uh, some of these other teams. They're um, the four teams. They're like two, three hundred points ahead of everybody else. Right. And, uh, I mean, and when Georgia was at number three, they lost three hundred and sixty-eight points, fell to number nine, put them into the number ten spot. So, but I don't see those teams falling that far. Yeah, I mean, point system. I. I kind of hope, if anything, this AP poll is kind of a, a, a telltale sign of uh, the respect for Clemson. Because if you see it, they haven't been jumping anybody, and they've been losing ground, right? They've been getting jumped. So well, anytime I mean, you go from number one to number four and, and you haven't lost the game, there's something wrong, right? Yeah, there's something wrong, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you're one. I would understand if you're were completely just blowing teams out. I'm talking like 50 points, 60 points, blowing people out. Mm-hmm. But they're not. No, they're not. And and this is, I mean, if they're anything, not they're not yeah, they're not impressive. Clemson, look, you guys don't play anybody, so you gotta kill people when you play them. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like you gotta beat them by 60 points to kind of prove a point, and you're not. What like Oklahoma's doing? Yeah, I mean, all the like, schools are doing. Like Ohio State's doing. I mean, like Alabama's been doing up until last night. Yeah. I mean, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, and Oklahoma right now are the four best teams in the country, and they're all hanging 40, 50, 60 points a game. And yeah. Clemson's out here struggling against teams that I mean, LSU hung 40, you know, 41, 42 points on Florida's defense. Clemson hasn't played anything close to Florida's defense. Yeah, you know, you, so, I mean, you, you know, got to think about that. You know, but you, you, you've you been a player, Matt. You know, guys come in to look at their schedule, and, it, and we just won the national title. Guys go against these teams that's unranked. Oh, well, we got them under. I'm not going to play that hard this week. Oh, I don't have to play that hard and risk no injuries or something like that. All we have to do is just, you know, play halfway. Good. We're still going to win the game. And that's how they've been. their attitude has been the whole year. Yeah. So it's not saying that they're not talented. Clemson's not a talented team. They're a talented team, but they're not playing – they're – it seems like they don't play up to their level of competition. They're, they're well, they haven't been playing up to the level because competition's been terrible, so they ain't been playing that good either. So yeah, mm. you know, so I, you know, but they don't be careful. They can drop out the top top four easily because Oklahoma's coming. Yeah, they are. Uh, I, as I said it right now, I think the best four teams in the country right now: Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Yeah, those are the four best teams in the country right now. And uh, I think I. 
I think something's got to be done about all this crap, man. It's it's kind of ridiculous at this point. Yep. But uh, a couple good games this weekend. Uh, we'll be sure to talk about that next week's show. But uh, then we'll get prepared. Uh, we'll have the bye week and then the one versus two matchup that we've all been looking forward to on November 9th. Um, Everybody's looking for that bye week. And then, you know, we'll have the Georgia-Florida game, which is a huge game coming up, and we'll be sure to talk about that as well. Oh, well, definitely. You know I'm going to talk about that one, definitely. Well, it is officially the week of the start of the, the NBA season, and we're all uh, we're all looking forward to it. It's gonna it's gonna be a fun year. You know, the local hometown Hawks are are ready to are ready to kind of make a, a little bit of a run. I think it's gonna be rusty at first, but I, I definitely see some really good things coming out of this year. We have got a really good young team that we're all looking forward to. Really cool atmosphere down at State Farm Arena that they put a lot of money into. So I think, especially the, the way that the brave season ended and the way the falcon season is going we're all ready for the hawks to play yeah you know we're all there's no expectations and we're all looking forward to just watching a young team just kind of figure itself out and and maybe make some noise and sneak into like a a late spot there in the playoffs so uh what me and Ro did as we said we'd do it last week uh we made some some bold preseason predictions uh we all we, we both listed out our one through eight on each side the eastern and western to see who we thought would make the playoffs at the end of the year uh, so we're kind of going to go one for one here and kind of talk about how we have them seated, why we have them that way, and uh, we'll we'll have a good time with it. So, Ro, I'm going to let you start off with, we'll do the, uh, let's do the Western Conference first. Tell me who you got at number one. Wow, you want to do a deliberate, okay, okay. Put us on a spot for the West instead of East first. Okay, I like this. Um, I'm going to go for the Rockets. Yeah, I have the Rockets as well. I think that's pretty... Uh, that's pretty cutthroat. That's I, I think that's a very uh, very easy easy guess to make right now, especially with the addition of Russell Westbrook. I'm looking on paper. Yeah, I'm looking at the Rockets first. Definitely. Yeah, I mean that James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I mean that's you know unless there's some some personal issues that that come about really cause uh, cause some drama. I mean this is this is the best team in the NBA in my opinion. I agree. I think so. I think they finally put a team together that's gonna sell do very very well not saying they're gonna win out but i got them first yeah you no know, say so well let's uh let's actually bounce between the western and eastern okay so I like let's, that uh, that's good so okay. so we'll go to the number one spot as far as the eastern i have the milwaukee bucks i got um, the bucks too man. that's i mean that's hey listen everybody we ain't been looking at each other's list no 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 we but that's who we got we just I mean, Giannis is a freak yes he is I and mean, there's a reason he's called a greek freak yes. um it's a really good team this is a really good complete team and uh, I, I think they run away with the number one spot in the East. Yeah, I got the Bucks number one as well. All right, so we'll, we'll stay with the uh, we'll stay in the Eastern Conference. Then we'll move back over to the Western Conference for the number two spot. Number two spot, I have uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, I got Celtics at number two. Okay. And the reason why I got the Celtics, I think they're finally going to get their act together, and ball movement's going to be a lot better now that Kyrie Irving's not there. Yeah, I think Boston's uh, going to be better without Kyrie. I think you're going to see Jalen Brown and those guys really step up now. Uh, this year, and they're gonna lay it down. So I, I like the team and the system that they got. So, um, and they got a n- new point guard coming in. Yeah. So I think that's gonna help also as well. Uh, and uh, you know, not probably not familiar with the point guard that I'm talking about uh, coming over from from the Charlotte Hornets, and, and I think this is really really gonna help them out a lot because he's not a selfish paper uh, player, and that's Kimba Walker. Yeah. I think the ball movement's gonna Kimba, be a lot better. Kimba's good, man. I've always liked him ever since the college days as well. I mean, he's 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 a complete guy. 
and I think that Hayward, Gordon Hayward, is going to be a lot better for him this year. Uh, he's going to get more touches, and he's going to have more confidence in, in his game. Because I think last year was going kind of him going through, filling his game out since he came back from that nasty, grueling injury that he had on his yeah. ankle. Man, that was yeah. ugly. And I really think this year he's going to get his he's going to get his confidence back. And I think you're going to see guys like him <clears throat> become very, very, very successful in that offense. I really do. He's not a great defender, uh, but for shooting and attacking the basket, he's he's very good at. And I think you're going to see that a lot. And I think Kimball Walker is going to get him in some good spots. Yeah. So I mean, the reason I took or I put the 76ers in the second spot was the addition of Al Horford. Um, I, I I looked at this team, Philadelphia, that is, and I saw a lot of really good players. Um, I think the development of Ben Simmons has been essential uh, for them to get better and better. But I think with the addition of Al Horford, man, you're just adding another dynamic piece in there. And I really think that team is that team is a lot more complete than they were without him. So that's the reason I had them at number two. Okay, well, I had the Sixers at number three. Okay, well, we and, had them flip-flop because I had the Celtics. And the three. reason why I had the Sixers number th- – uh, I mean, I had the 76ers number three over the Celtics is because I think more – and it just came down for me for it's a coaching issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Brad Stevens is a little bit better coach okay. than the Sixers head coach. That's the only thing. But far as the player, I like the addition of Al Horford. I think he's going to spread the ball, uh, spread the floor a lot more with him there. And he's a great passer. A lot of people talk about his passing, but I think it's going to – it's going to be really, really, really productive for us this past. And he can shoot the three, too, yeah, as well. Can. A lot of people don't know Yeah, he can shoot the three. So he's really – and hopefully Ben steps up and takes more better quality shots this year, and he has more confidence in his outside jumper, too, as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So let's move over to the Western Conference. Um, in my number two spot, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, we got the same thing. I got the Clippers in number two also yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, you look yeah. at Kawhi and then another big addition in Paul George, so, man. Yes. I mean, that's – Again, I mean, you look at these front two teams right here, the Rockets and Clippers. I mean, holy cow. I mean, these are two teams with, like, a dynamic duo that's just, I mean, best players and some of the best players in the league. Yeah. You know, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, elite guys. Yes. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, elite. Paul yep. George is right up there. If he can stay healthy, man, he's a this, team is, player. this team is really going to do well. Oh, yes, they are, most definitely. Uh, but, but there's a lot of, between the Rockets and Clippers, a lot of people, well, they've got a lot of small ball going to be played too as well because yeah. they don't have a lot of seven-footers on their squad. So um, I believe you're going to have a lot of running and gunning and a lot of great defense played at the same time. Yeah. So I, 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 like, I like the Clippers at number two. I mean, both of these guys are really good defenders. There you you know, at the end of the day too, which is – it's, it's kind of a dying thing in the league, so it's nice to have guys that can that can definitely play two way. You know? And Patrick Beverly is a great defender too at the point. Yeah, he is. He's a scrappy little guy too. He is, which definitely. I think is is going to be good for that team. And I think Lou Williams going to fit into that role really well too. He, he started coming on last year as well, especially in the playoffs. So right. I think there's going to be some outstanding ball be played by the Clippers. Uh, so let's move into the number three spot since we kind of already did that for the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I have the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> I got the Lakers. Okay. And number three. And, and I got the Nuggets at number four. So, I mean, so yeah. we come, I don't know how you got that. But, yeah, I got Nuggets number four and Lakers number three. Mm. Uh, I can't drop LeBron in the four, to no fourth or fifth spot. I just can't do it. As long as he stays healthy because uh, they play well. Lakers played really well last year up until Christmas after the Christmas game. Uh, that's when LeBron got hurt. Uh, so I believe as long as he can stay healthy this year, I think they're going to go very hard. And I like the addition of Davis. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And I, I think by keeping Kuzma 
uh, he's a great scrappy player, and I think he's very productive uh, in open court as well, Kuzma is. And I think he puts up good quality shots from outside as well, so he don't put up dumb shots a lot of times. So right. I think, though, those additions, uh, the backcourt is a little so-so because, you know, Avery Bradley's okay, but he's a good defender, though. I like Avery Bradley, and I like Rondo at the point. But, you know, Rondo gives up a lot on the defensive end because he doesn't play great defense, but he plays – smart defense though but he don't play great defense so right he, he really gets a lot of steals you know a lot of times because he's played smart basketball but for his court vision i think they need him i know a lot of people want to talk about where well, lebron's gonna be leading the point nah i'll leave lebron where he normally does he, he yeah. brings the ball up sometimes of course you know he did that on other teams he played on but rondo is a he's, he's gonna bring passing. the ball up in big situations yeah, he, he will you know he will definitely but i think him and rondo learn to play well together last year and i think that's going to be huge this year so i I really liked them in that third spot even though they might have a little problem against the rockets and clippers that's why because they play small ball and they have so many big men the lakers do how's Jawan Howard and these other guys i'm not Jawan Howard, but uh dwight Howard going to fit into this role these guys are tall big and they're, they're not that fast yeah well so that might be a problem we come up against the rockets and clippers you know Unless you just play an all small small ball with the Lakers too, but who's going to put in those those positions with yeah. Kawhi and Paul George? Is not going to eat you up. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I'll put my opinion in on the Lakers when I get to them in the. But I like the Nuggets because even though the Nuggets led the way last year, almost to the end of the season, <laughs> number one. So, so I I really liked I like the Nuggets though. Uh, I think they're going to get a lot better too, and I think they're going to they're going to push for that number three spot. Yeah, they really are, but. Yeah. Let's uh let's move into the middle of the pack here as far as the Eastern Conference. In the fourth spot, I have the Brooklyn Nets. In the five spot, I have the Indiana Pacers. Mm, interesting. I got the Pistons at number four, and I got the Pacers at number five. Mm. And the reason why I put the uh, Pistons at number four instead of number five is because they got uh, the addition of Derrick Rose. I like Derrick Rose, what he did with Minnesota last year. He averaged almost 19 points a game, and he played like 70-some games. So usually – he doesn't play no more than 30, 40 games in the last <laughs> for forever. You know what I'm saying? So I like what Derrick Rose brings to the Pistons, uh, especially a good quality guard. And he plays hard, and he's going to bring some – boy, he's he's fast. He's still got it, and that knee steam that has, hasn't bothered too much. He changed his game just a little bit. His jumpers and got a little bit better so and more consistent. So I, I like the Pistons – really at that fourth spot but i do like what the pacers have they had had a couple of good additions to the team also as well so i like like that but i can easily put the pace the pacers in number four though but i'm gonna I'm put the pistons there just because mainly derrick uh derrick rose yeah yeah that's why did okay. you know they had, they added derrick rose to the pistons yeah okay. i did okay. i i i just don't i don't buy it into completely i know I, derrick rose is a good player don't get me wrong i just i don't know i i We'll see what happens. But you, I don't. You I don't like really, Oladipo. You think he's going to become oh, yeah. strong? I love. They say he's going to be I ready. Lo- I love Oladipo, man. <laughs> yeah. I think he's. I love him. The I love watching him play. He's really good. And you like Turner too, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Turner. They they got a good squad though. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They, what who they picked up uh, from uh, Milwaukee Bucks? Like what they picked up Brogdon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That addition. So yeah, uh, I I, I could have put the, put them there to the Pacers because that's my hometown team. So you know, I think they would really be solid here in the middle of the pack, the Pacers yeah. and the Pistons too. Um, I think the reason I had the Nets at four is I, I, I like, I love the addition of Kyrie. 
Okay. And I, I do th- too. I, I think it's time for that team to kind of turn the corner. Okay. I, I okay. think that I think that at some point they they had to do it, and I think the addition, you know, although it looks like Kevin Durant's not going to play this year. No. Um, I think it's they're still going to have enough done because I don't think the Eastern Conference is near as is as near as stacked as it was last year, especially with Kawhi leaving in Toronto. Um, and I think they'll have enough to get it done. I don't think it's stacked, but I think it's solid. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, is solid, solid but, but not stacked. I think it's solid. And I put the Nets – I really didn't even have the Nets going to the playoffs this year. I had them at the ninth, at the ninth spot, which one one team – one position away from the playoffs. And the reason because of Kevin Durant, he's such a game changer. I think Kyrie's going to play all right. He's going to do well. But I just don't know if it's going to be enough to get him to the play, get the Nets to the playoffs. You know, he hasn't been a proven leader to me yet. Even for when he got to Cleveland, got drafted by Cleveland, you know, he really didn't do anything. He had put up good numbers, a good rookie year. Okay, and he played good a couple more years after that. But then, you know, it took LeBron coming back to the team to get them to the playoffs. So he never saw the playoffs until LeBron got there. You know, <clears throat> he thought he was always better than what he was. And then I guess he got a rude awakening last year with Boston yeah. when he played. And he really didn't know how to have great leadership skills working with Boston. So, you know, and that only ended up into a short-term relationship, you know. Yeah. So that got him out of there with Boston. So I don't know. Uh, he's going to prove something to me at the beginning of the year before I even put him in the playoffs. He's got, he's got a lot to prove maturity-wise. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the Western Conference and in the middle of the pack. Fourth spot, I have the Golden State Warriors. And in the five spot, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. Interesting, and I'll 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 get into why I, I put the Lakers a lot lower than you do. Okay, I I really just question, like you said, the there's a lot of big guys on this team. Don't get me wrong; they've got size. Yeah, but man, I don't think they can run in the open court like the rest of these teams can. I don't think that they can run with Harden and Westbrook, or they can run with Kawhi and Paul. I don't think they have it, and I definitely don't think they have the bench depth. Okay, I think they're very very short handed. Yeah. I mean, you look at LeBron, you look at Anthony Davis, you look at Kuzma, and yeah. I, you know Rondo's a question mark to me. Okay. And I, don't, I mean, for those reasons, I just, I they're going to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. I mean, LeBron James, best player in the NBA, Anthony Davis is right up there in the top five. Okay. So I, I they've got enough to get it done. I yeah. just really question all the things that go on off the court. Lakers have always seemed to have problems off the court, and bringing a guy in like Dwight Howard is definitely going to bring in some off-court issues, in my opinion. Well, you know he wasn't the first guy. I mean, the first first choice because yeah, know, my boy yeah. got hurt. He went down. Cousins went hurt down. So that was their first choice. So they're supposed to have Cousins. So I don't know when Cousins is going to be able to come back, but really, you know, Dwight's not going to start anyway. He's going to come off the bench anyway. But he's an excellent rebounder, though. But he, he does slow the game down a lot. They're not going to be able to run with him. And, the, and those teams, you're right. Those uh, the other teams that he going up against, they're not gonna, be, they're not gonna, they're not gonna hang with him for his running unless they take it, go small ball. Like right. I mentioned, I said they're gonna have to play small ball. And that small ball, they probably have to play like Avery Bradley, Rondo, LeBron, Kuzma, and and you know, Davis. Sometimes I think Davis can run though. Yeah, because yeah. he used to be point guard in high school. So I, I think he can he can run with those guys too as well. So that's to be their small ball lineup really. Yeah. So. I mean, and the Warriors, the reason I have them dropping, you know, from as well as they did last year to to the, uh, the fourth spot this year is just the, the loss of Kevin Durant. 
Okay. Is is the I mean that's really the only reason I can give you guys is because I mean that dude I mean he's an elite player. Now I mean there I mean there seem to be some type of issues going on off the court, but when I mean they're all on the court, man, that's about as good as a team as you're going to get. And I think the loss of Kevin Durant is going to hurt. And I think that I mean Draymond Green is he's okay. He's okay. He's you know, okay and player. so that's 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 kind of the reason that that I have them dropping so much. Well, I don't even have them in the playoffs at all in my prediction. So, oh, wow. I don't even have Golden State there. I know this. They just went to champ, the finals last year. I don't even have them in the playoffs because I don't see no bench. Um, and then I want to see what their additions uh, on their team, how, how you know, how, how they're going to react with their new additions back there. But, and I want to know when their main man is going to be able to come back. Um, so, you know, I just don't know about Russell yet. D'Angelo, I want to know how he's going to get along, how he's going to work out with Curry and stuff for this long haul, and if they're going to trade him or not. Because still talk about trading yeah. before, the, before the deadline, you know. And yeah, part Clay, of the splash, I mean, but Clay is not going to come back to yeah, what they say after All Star break. So yeah, I mean, that's, see, and that's going to be hard to make a push for the playoffs at that time uh, after All Star break. Even though most teams do make a push for the playoffs at that time, but I think there's going to be too much in the in the hole. And I look at the other team, the West. Now you talk about. A conference that's stacked. No, the West is stacked. The West is stacked. So I think it's going to be really hard for those guys to get in the playoffs because my other picks that I'm going to pick, you, you uh, are going to look here in just a minute. You know, you might want to see why. Okay, it's going to be kind of hard for them because really Draymond's okay. Really, Clay. I mean, not Clay, but Curry's going to have to play some MVP basketball in order for them to make the playoffs, man. And he's going to, have to stay healthy to do that. I mean, he's going to, have to play some outstanding ball. He's 31 years old, so yeah. he's going to, have to do play well, well above what he's been playing the last couple of years. With Durant on the team, he really had to do too much. Yeah. I mean, you're right. And with Clay out, whew, that's going to be real. He's going to have a lot of hard games ahead of him. So I don't have him in the playoffs this year. Um, but they, they could still make the playoffs. You know, you want to – will we get back to it? And I'll tell you my other picks, and then you'll see why I don't have him in the playoffs. You want to go back to the East Conference? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. My uh, – I got after the Pacers at the fifth pick in the sixth and seventh spot. I got the uh, sixth and seventh. I got Raptors at number six, and I got the Heat at number seven. Hmm. All right. Well, at number six, I have the Pistons. You had them at four, right? Yes, I did. I have the Pistons at six. Okay. I have the Raptors at seven. Okay. Okay. I like the Raptors. I still think the Raptors have a good enough team to make the playoffs. And, and since you know it's a strong, like I said, it's pretty solid in the East. It's not stacked. I still think the Raptors can make it back to the playoffs, even without quad. I do too. Uh, I here's a, an interesting take that I'll throw out though. I think if the Raptors struggle, I think they trade Lowry. I think so too because he only got a one year contract in for thirty one million. I just think that's still tradable. Yeah, you know, I think they will too before the All Star break, definitely. Which could be interesting because some of these teams that might you know sneak into the or sneak into contention in the Eastern Conference or even a team that's that needs a push in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. I think that would be a really good add for some of these guys. So, I mean, I think that Lowry's a nice piece if the Raptors do wind up struggling. Okay. I think they definitely could get some some good return on him. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he is a good player. Yeah. You know, is. so I that's 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 my take on the Raptors this year. I do think they make the playoffs, but I think if they don't or they struggle and don't have a shot, I think they trade him. Yeah. And the reason why I got the Heat at number seven, Jimmy Butler is a great addition to the team. He's a he's a professional player and he's a very great scorer. And I think that he helped the Sixers last year get to where they got to 
and position wise and I think he's going to help the Heat um, and the coach got extended contract to as well and I think he's a uh, a coach now with a lot of experience yeah he is he is and I, I think they got some good pieces on that team and I think uh, um, he could help those players out definitely I do so I believe that did they had uh, they got Johnson on there still too? So James Johnson and some of those uh, and uh, they got um, Robinson. They got, they got Winslow. He's getting better. So I, I and Haslam. He he's older dirt on the team, but yeah, he's and uh, I think he just older older dirt. But he's still a great role player off the bench. But Butler, I think he's going to help those young players out, and I still think they'll be able to make the playoff in the seventh seed. Okay. Let's, over my eighth, eighth team, which I ain't named yet. Let's uh, let's move into the sixth and the seventh then in the Western Conference. I have Utah Jazz at six, hmm. and then I have the Trailblazers at seven. Oh, because you know I had the Jazz. I had Jazz at number five, right? Yeah. And that's opposite mine. I had the Blazers at number six, and I got the Spurs at seven. Okay. Well, I'm we might as well just finish out my Western Conference. And yeah. I've got I've got the Spurs at eight. You got the Spurs at okay, good, good, good. I have them making the playoffs. I do too because Popovich. I'm never going to leave him out. Period. Yeah. As a coach, it's yeah. not going to happen, man. I, I'm not going to leave him out. I got him at the seventh spot, and I got the Blazers at, at number six because they still Blazers still have a dynamic backcourt. They mm-hmm. have a great front court, but their backcourt is still going to be good enough to get to, to the playoffs. I love Lillard, man. I do too, man. I like McCullum too. Yeah, I do. and I think yeah. that's a one-two punch. I still think they can still beat a lot of guys. On any given night, if they playing well together, yeah. Them too. I mean, Lillard could just score. Yeah. I mean, you can say what you want about the guy; the dude just scores. So yeah. I mean, I, I think him and McCullough, man, I, that's that's a nasty backcourt. It is, man. And I think those two right there can compete. Yes. With the backcourt, like with the Rockets, Rockets and stuff like that, they the can score with those guys. Yeah, they can. You yeah. know, so then it just becomes into a question of you know, yeah. what yeah. do you do about size in the bench? Yeah. Size you know, the bench. That's, that's it. That's yeah. what you got to worry about, I think, if you're if you're a Trailblazers fan. For That's sure. why I got them in the sixth spot. But I got the Spurs in the seventh spot, and and I think Popovich is pretty much not going to stop him from getting in the playoffs. He's been in the playoffs a lot throughout his career yeah. as a coach, and he's a great coach. And I got the Pelicans in number eight. I know. <laughs> yeah, in their first year, I got the Pelicans in the in the eighth spot. Can you believe that? I think this is a running gun team. Mm. I think Ingram and them, as long as them guys can stay healthy and Ball can stay healthy, and hopefully, oh boy, comes back soon, man. Zion comes back soon. I think this is going to be a running gun, fun team to watch play, man. I think they can put that, pull that off of the A spot. Uh, probably. I mean, I I would have them at nine if I went that far. I okay. think they're the first team out. Uh-huh. I just, man, I don't know. I don't know about if this team can't stay healthy. It's going to be a long year. I mean, and it's already starting right now with their number one pick is going to be out, they said, for you know the first couple of weeks of the season. He will and the be. last thing that you want as a Pelicans fan or a, a player on the Pelicans is you just wind up in a hole that you can't get out of because he's not there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you mm-hmm. just go up and you just lose everything on these first two weeks, yeah. this Western Conference is stacked, and I can tell you right now, that could be the difference at the end of the year, in my opinion. Hey, Kim, so, who did you have in that eighth spot? Spurs. Oh, Spurs? Yeah. Who did you have in the seventh spot? Uh, seven spot, I had the Blazers. The Blazers on seven. So, what team did uh, your player uh, teams that I bump out with the Pelicans? Who did, who did I bump out with the eighth spot? Well, the only difference we had was you had the Warriors not making the playoffs at all. I had been there. Okay, that's and then it. you had that's the Pelicans it. replacing. That's them. it. Right. Well, I had I had well I had the Warriors at number nine, so I had them. Like I said, close. Yeah, I had them at number <laughs> nine spot. So, all right. Well, there's only one thing left. 
Well, I, I had, but you go back to the East now. In that eighth spot, I got the Hawks. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so here yeah, we did. I got the Hawks in that eighth spot, man. I do. So here, some of you, I mean, we could be home cooking. Okay, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. We love the Hawks around here. Yeah. Okay, so this do. could be a little bit of a bias pick. But I, it came down to me for the Hawks and the Heat. Okay. It came down to me, the Nets, because I had the Nets in the ninth spot. <laughs> okay. You had them, what, what about fourth? Yeah, yeah. And I had the Nets in the ninth spot. So I said Kyrie may be able to pull off the eighth spot over the Hawks, maybe. Yeah, so so for me, I'll, I'll tell you why it came down to the Heat and the Hawks. I think the Hawks, one, I think they have more talent. Okay, I uh, Yeah, I, I do too. They the Heat have Jimmy Butler. Okay, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Outstanding player. But when you look at it, roster, like guy for guy on the roster, man, I think the Hawks have more talent. I, th- I like, I like Trey Young better. I'm okay. Not go, I'm not going. I mean, I like, that. I like, no. I like Cam better. I like DeAndre Hunter better. Yes. I like all these guys better, and I think the Hawks have a way better bench than the Heat do. Oh, I do too. You know, I like, I like the addition of Jabari Parker. Yes, I uh, do too. And then you, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I like it, and um, this team's going to surprise a lot of people. Oh, they really will. The only question mark is their defense because they got the bench and, right. they got, and, they, and they got the scoring power. Yeah. We know that. So, yeah, the only question mark would be their defense. But they, I, I figure out after about the first couple months they should get that together. Yeah. I mean, I think so too. And I think that this year they, they obviously struggled the first half last year, right? We're, we're Nobody's here to deny that. Yeah. But I think that if they have – if they win a third of those games that they lost last year – Mm-hmm. I think they made the playoffs. I mean, I think I think with the guys that we have now, I think this team is a hundred times better than the team we had last year. Oh, I agree, hundred percent, Liam. Because Hunter and Cam Reddish make the team better, better, and I mean, I think Bembry has gotten better. So I, I think he's well. Bembry has gotten really well, and I Jabari Parker, man, if this dude can stay healthy, like you said, he's got the chance to win a six a six man of the year award. He does, man, because uh, I don't know if he was highly. A highly pro, pro, uh, high prospect coming out of high school, and this guy, you know, so he's guy, young too, and he's young. He's still what 25, 26 years old. Yeah, twenty five. So yeah, twenty five years old. So really, this guy, he played well last year. He did. Um, so I think with the Hawks this year, he averaged about sixteen points a game last year. I think he can do the same thing with the Hawks mm-hmm. coming off the bench. He's I got big he points. Very, he's got potential for big points off the. bench. Oh yeah, he can get a lot of twenty point games easily yeah. coming yeah. off the bench. He will. So I, I, as long as he stays healthy, the man's gonna he's he's gonna help him out. Tremendously. I mean, we got there's a couple you know good players that we didn't talk about a bunch, but I really like Alex Lynn. Some people are like, oh, who the hell is that guy? I yeah. do. I, I think he did I okay last him. year, man. And I he did good. I, I think with the team that he's got around him now, I really think he's gonna do well. I really think yeah. he's gonna flourish with these guys. I think so too. I and agree with you. If we can get this team rolling, man, we're gonna we're gonna score so many like we're gonna score a ridiculous amount of points this year. Because yeah. we have guys who can just straight up knock it down. I mean, Herder's going to knock it down. DeAndre Hunter's going to knock it down. Yeah. Cam Reddish is going to knock it down. Trey Young, he's going to have games where he gets on a streak, and you're he's not going to stop him. 25, 30, 40 yeah. point games. Yeah. Definitely he can. He's and he's going to have really a, I think he's going to have a ton of assists this year. And yeah. that was one thing in the second half of the season that really, that really showed me that he developed as a player. His was, was his passing. And then yeah. don't even get me started on John Collins. I mean, this dude is – Oh, yeah. That dude's a freak. And he I think – I mean, I think this team's got a potential to do really well. And it's going to show, I think, uh, you know, we start the season off Thursday against the Pistons. And we can go out and steal one in Detroit. I mean, who knows? I mean, you get a little momentum. And, you know, basketball is just a game when it comes down to it. And I think they got a chance. I really do. I do, too. I definitely do. I think so. Well, that was – 
That was interesting. We pretty much had it. I mean, at least yeah, we had. we didn't differ on too much, and we had a lot of teams the, the same each time. We didn't look at you, everybody. We didn't look at each other's uh, list either. We just you just hearing our list for the first time, each other's list on, on air. Yeah. So, <laughs> definitely. But at least we we got number ones right on both sides, which is good. We yeah. we obviously know who we believe are the best teams in each conference. Um, and then you know it's just. We'll, we'll see how it goes from there. You know, we'll uh, we'll do something in like in the mid season or maybe the All Star break or something like that. We'll yeah, do we another will. do another edition of this. Yeah, we'll, we'll do another edition, but you also think that injuries do play a part in, 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 into the into the system. You right. know, predictions and stuff like that. So, Warren, if somebody gets hurt, a key guy that can hurt our predictions. Of course, we know that. So right. Yeah. That's always. I mean, there's a reason it's called preseason predictions. Yeah. Okay? We have no idea what's going on. No, we so, don't. We'll see how it goes. But hey. At least we both got the Hawks in the A seed. That's right. To get beat by the Bucks in four games in the first round. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, yeah, probably so. But this that's a start for making it yeah, back to playoffs. It is, you know. And I mean, who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like the crazier things have happened. So we've seen that in sports. We've seen it. it it's yeah. sports is an interesting thing. It sure is. You know, and if you're an Atlanta sports fan, you definitely know what we're talking about. Well, so, uh, so that's going to do it for us on uh, on this edition of the show. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we've been doing really well on Messi and iTunes and stuff like that. So continue to download our podcast, listen to it. Uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning in and hanging out with us for an hour or so. Um, until next weekend, uh, guys, we appreciate you again and uh, hold it down for us.